Blog Talk Radio. Another day, another chance. Good morning, everybody. Welcome once again to Riding the Wave. I'm Mark Healy, the managing editor of the Wave newspaper, Rockaway's newspaper since 1893. Uh, got a good show on tap for you today. Just get to it real quick. Uh, New York City Councilman Donovan Richards stopped by yesterday. We talked about the ongoing plans to develop the downtown Far Rockaway revitalization. We also talked about the proposed affordable housing development, a little bit more uh, controversial, uh, which is going to be is being proposed uh, to be placed at the former site of Peninsula Hospital. So uh, we talked about that. We talked about um, you know, the, the addition of uh, more homeless coming to Rockaway. We talked about all that stuff. Uh, great interview, and without further ado, here it is. Welcome again to Riding the Wave. I'm Mark Healy, the managing editor of the Wave newspaper, Rockaway's newspaper since 1893. And joining us today uh, is our old friend, Councilman Donovan Richards. Uh, he's here to basically talk about anything we want to talk about. Welcome to the uh, wave again, uh, Donovan. Always an honor. I missed you for a while, uh, but glad to be back. And glad to see you got a similar phone case. Wow. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> you just, my wife got me this one. Um, all right. So let's, let's look. There's a lot to get to, mm-hmm. yep. and I want to make sure that we get to everything. The first, the first thing I want to talk about is the um, – Downtown Far Rockaway plan. Yep. Obviously, yep. a lot of people are excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and nervous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I think that, I think that any time you have a, a project of this mm-hmm. undertaking in mm-hmm. an area that's been mm-hmm. marginalized, ignored, however mm-hmm. you want to mm-hmm. phrase it, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that people are asking questions. They yep. want to know uh, how's it going, what's, mm-hmm. the, you know, what's the progress, yep. because... Uh, there was a report, and I forget where, you know, pardon me, I forget where I read it, but that um, some of those monies had been spent elsewhere. So let's get, <laughs> let's get a progress report on the downtown Far Rockaway revitalization. All right, awesome. Now, one of the things that, um, so one, on Far Rockaway commitments, one thing people should be aware of, I don't know if we could pull up the website, but we passed a law in the city council that mandates the mayor to report publicly on where monies are spent on projects that are committed. So one of the reasons we did that was to protect the integrity of all projects that are coming to any communities. Uh, And obviously, as the chair of zoning, we did East New York first and Far Rockaway second. So it was important to me because what happens is you can have a shift and change in administration. So the mayor is only going to be here for another four years or three three and a half years, right? 
there'll be another administration that comes after, and we want to ensure that the integrity of what was promised is kept. So the, the latest updates, one, we have a, a Far Rockaway Working Group meeting today where the city will be updating the working group on where we're at with everything, but then we also are planning some public meetings uh, as well. So there'll be a lot more conversations. This project is going to take at least um, five years to build out, um, and so, you know, so it, it's a, a long road to go. So in terms of monies, obviously these are capital monies because a lot of the, the, the things that have long stalled progress in downtown Far Rockaway has been infrastructure. Before we can build any housing, you've got to have storm sewers, you've got to have streetscapes, um, you've got to think about transportation safety and pedestrian safety. So we anticipate uh, in the fall the $77 million will kickstart, uh, and what that will do is help us to put in the storm sewers, to widen the streets in some places, to make downtown Far Rockaway safe, a safe place to cross the street. Um, and then you, you, you go down there now, it's very crowded, and you have, um, you know, the bus trying to make a right, can't even make a right, so we're going to widen the streets. It's going to be a new day in downtown Far Rockaway. Then in terms of where we're at with Thriftway Mall, uh, we just approved $25 million um, through an Article 11 at the City Council last week, which will now help them to actually build the project. Um, and then uh, the Housing Development Corporation is going to uh, approve some bonds uh, over the next week, of course, which is totally going to put us on fast track to start the project. So one, if people want to know where we're at on the mall, you can see Thriftway Drugstore has closed. That's a big sign. We gave notice that they had to go. And then the taxi stand, which has been there and they've now moved around the corner, which my office worked with them to find a new location, is closed. If there's no bigger signal that something is coming and something is happening, that's going to be it. Next to supermarket, you'll see clothes, um, and there'll be a, a, a tenant that I believe returns after the throughout the life of the project. Um, in terms of the library, downtown Far Rockaway Library is moving forward. Um, the city did come back to us and request another a few millions to get it built. I'm happy to say we secured those millions, so the library we anticipate uh, fall, winter, because whenever the city says they're going to start something, you want to leave wiggle room. So we believe that's going to start um, later this year, or uh, later this year as well. And you'll see if you need further proof that um, the teen library swing space next door is being built out. So the library will use that as the swing space as a new library um, is built out. We're going to start scoping on a new park sometime next year um, with the parks department. So we're building a new park on um, the former sanitation site, which is around a $10 million park. So that'll start. Then we got $60 million commitment, as you know, and Bayswater Park. That scoping meeting right, right. happened a few weeks ago. Um, and then there's some other things. The Department of Small Business Services is doing a, um, a, a business needs assessment. So we secured around 200000 for that. And then in the budget, the mayor added, I believe, another three hundred dollars or 400000 So based on what we get from the assessment, we can pay for it you know, things to enhance the businesses and help them as well. Um, recently, the firehouse and the precinct, which was one of the things right. we asked for to be landmarks, was just approved. Um, and then there's still a long road to go. So one of the things we're working on now is obviously there's going to be job opportunities. We're working with local organizations such as RDRC, Urban Upbound, to make sure the developer understands that you're just not going to come here and build and bring people there's a, so there will be a local uh, uh, hiring process, and which has really worked out 
on the two projects we've done so far in, in Edgemere. Let me interrupt you for one second, mm -hmm. because you and I have always talked about mm -hmm. this. Jobs are important, yep. especially local jobs. Yep. Uh, it, 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 it doesn't just fill that need, yep. right? But it also sends a message yep. to, you know, let's let's be honest, young people at risk yep. who who aren't working or yep. don't see a pathway mm -hmm. to success. Yep. They don't see it, yep. right? So, so the job isn't just important for the person yeah, exactly. who's getting the job. It's also important to see the visual. Like, yep. there's this building, and there's not going to do. It's not going to just be that exactly. job. It's going to yep. be other jobs, and people can see. Maybe if I do go mm -hmm. to school, maybe if I do get mm -hmm. a good education, maybe I can mm -hmm. get a mm -hmm. job that you know. And, mm -hmm. and let's be honest. You know, I was listening to the radio coming in, and they were talking about. Um, how many jobs, I believe it was uh, Robert Insano, the C mm -hmm. CNBC, mm -hmm. and he was talking about how, you know, unemployment is down, but there are so many jobs out there, mm -hmm. skilled laborers, yep. that aren't filled, yep. because people don't know how to, you know, there, there's, there's, there's jobs for welders, mm -hmm. there's jobs for, uh, you know. Well, I'm going to stop you, that's right. happening here, okay. and there are so many success stories, so if you look at the senior housing coming up on Beach 32nd Street, we put over 20 hires on that project. Some of them making 50 to an hour because it was a prevailing right. wage job as well. But not only that, not only did they get those jobs because it's not good enough to get one job and then and then right. that once once it ends, that's it. So what happened in that project was you had people picked up by the subcontractors permanently. What we're hearing from developers is where were these people hiding? Now one of the shortages we had and shortcomings we had here on the peninsula going back years was there was no organizations taking a lead in ensuring that it was actually happening. So any projects that happen under our watch, we require um, at least 30% of the jobs to go to local people. We look at um, minority women business enterprises as well as part of projects, no less than 30%. And one way we know it's happening is because we require them to send us a report monthly and not because we trust the developer's word, we verify with the local organization that's on the ground. Right. So I can see lists down to the zip code and down to the address of where people live. If you look at what happened in Ocean Bay houses, what a huge success that did, uh, story that just never, it, it's a story that never got out there. But they put over 120 people to work in there. There were people getting their apartments refurbished, whether they needed people to pack up their cups people in Ocean Bay were hired to do that. If you, and, and one way to verify it, I was touring a few weeks ago, we asked people, where do you live? And they're from there. I'm also happy to say that they not only got, you know, what you would consider the menial job, people moved into the front office at, at that from that developer's firm from Ocean Bay. So now they're paying, right. you know, way more money, and that talent has always been here. The problem is that there was never anyone organized it. i, I got to thank my, my deputy chief of staff, Devaney, because she's really worked very hard on ensuring that we track this stuff down to how many jobs with the pay. On the downtown Far Rockaway project, for instance, it's going to be prevailing wage as well. Right. And there also needs to be a pathway into the union as right. well. So, so that's long-term right. stability, but there was never right. a mechanism. Right. Credit goes to RDRC because under the first project, the Beach Green Dunes project, we did this town hall. And we got upwards of t almost 150 or 200 people, McMaster's there, who wanted to work on that job. But what that provided us was an opportunity to look at the list, look at an uh, actual list strategically to see. There were a lot of people trained from unions here. There were a lot of welders. There were people who were just in the shadows. 
And now whenever there's a project, we can literally go down on that list and pull people off and say, hey, here's an opportunity. So hence, as we spoke about Beach Green Dunes, um, groundbreaking just this Friday, RDRC will be overseeing that. Right. And we track that, so we know it's happening. So when people say there's no jobs here, we know it's not true. Is there enough jobs? That's true. Right. But with that comes right. more development. So that's, that's, what, that's, that's what, you know, that's, what that's, that's, what, that's one of the things mm-hmm. that, you know, people, mm-hmm. people will complain about anything here. Yep. You know that. Yep. Um, some, of the, some of the complaints are legit. Yep. Some of them are. Yep. Let's be honest. Yep. Some of them are. They are. They are. Uh, Truth is always in But some of them are perception being the reality where it really shouldn't be yeah. that way. Right? Well, we need the way to tell more of those stories, and we'll be happy to, to let to, to make sure the developers contact you, even through Build It Back. I mean, there are some success stories, Build It Back. And, we've, and, we, and look, and we've, yeah, been, so very, we, and we've yeah, been very fair yeah, with them. Yeah. We've told horror stories, and we've yeah. told... The success stories. We've done that because, you know, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. One of the people that made that real for me mm-hmm. um, is Dan Monique, oh, yep. uh, Jr. Yep. Yep. And because his th- because his thing was, look, there's a lot of problems with Build It Back, yep. and I don't think any community has been as <laughs> proactive. Exactly. You know. So, but he says, look, that doesn't mean just because there are problems and that they need to be worked out and they need to be publicized when there's problems. Yep. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be rooting for every single person. Yep. That Get your house back. Look at this Far Rockaway kid. Uh, Billabek has a video actually on it. Kid from Far Rockaway who's in the Carpenters Union. Yeah. You know how much he's making now? He's making more than me. <laughs> Sorry, Devin. He's making more than you too. But the point is, I mean, right. that's a game changer. Someone who was locked um, out of employment. As someone who can barely change yeah. a light bulb. Yeah. Let me tell you. I can barely paint. I mowed my lawn this morning, you know, this yeah. weekend, and it was like, you know, the labors of Hercules. Okay. Well, well, try your two-year-old coloring on the wall and your wife telling you, you were supposed to be watching him. How did this yeah. happen? How do you get it out the wall and it comes done it, out? Done it, done it, done it. <laughs> <laughs> Magic eraser. That's work. it. Um, you, okay, so, so, all right, so um, the latest um, controversy um, is, you know, the, 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 the Peninsula Development Project. Yep. Okay, that's, that's, that's the controversy <laughs> that I think that really bears discussion, yep. I think, one-on-one, mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've gotten some people who have said A, B, and C, mm-hmm. and I know where you're coming from yep. on, on mm-hmm. it. Um, I, I, I have to say, you know, just from the editorial that we mm-hmm. put out there, that when it was first presented to me, the, the mm-hmm. plan, mm-hmm. to have that many units mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. that small of an area... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was concerned, mm-hmm. not just, not mm-hmm. look, it, it, it's a concern based on mm-hmm. um, the, the reality mm-hmm. of the infrastructure. Yep. And that's really what it comes mm-hmm. down to, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I've always been mm-hmm. uh, a proponent of a neighborhood solution, mm-hmm. yep. finding ways mm-hmm. to, to help people mm-hmm. progress. Mm-hmm. So if you have folks that are in a homeless shelter mm-hmm. that are trying to get out of that homeless shelter, mm-hmm. Maybe there's a way we can get them into a NYCHA mm-hmm. housing project. Mm-hmm. And if they go to NYCHA and, they, and, they, and they're doing better, right, mm-hmm. then they have an opportunity to mm-hmm. go into one of these mm-hmm. units mm-hmm. In, 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 mm-hmm. in the Peninsula mm-hmm. uh, property. So I, I actually see that mm-hmm. something that you've always talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, you agree with me on this. Mm-hmm. Am, I, mm-hmm. am I correct? Yeah. So let's say that's in place and we talk about mm-hmm. that. How do you respond to someone that is honestly asking, mm-hmm. how can you have that 
much density in that small of an area mm -hmm. with the infrastructure the way it is right mm -hmm. now? So, first off, um, it's important to, to recognize that any developer has a right to present a project that they want, just as the Far Rockaway developer presented a plan in a certain way, and, and, and those are questions we asked, and then hence that's why we ended up with $288 million in uh, investment from the city, because it's not good enough just to come in and talk about housing. So just follow what we've done so far. We're very clear at where we go. The things that are important to us are infrastructure, school seats, parks, um, storm sewers, the basics that any community should have. So we don't see this project any different. Um, the developer has a right to present a project, and it's not even started the EULA process right. yet. So once the EULA process starts, and we're doing some initial work, we put together a, a small task force um, now, comprised I, of people commercial. from Edgemere. 200,000 square feet in commercial, we're looking at big box. Right. So it's important to recognize that this is an area that has, one, historically seen no investment, right? <laughs> when you go down there, you see burnt-out stores, which, um, which I'm happy to say by the end of this year, God willing, we'll have a closing on that site to build a supermarket at the NYCHA lot on the corner of, right. of 54th. But the point is, a developer is always going to come and present what they want. And there are some things that I have not seen in the plan that would be important to me, right? So we talk about health care. Um, although the developer has presented plaza space, a plaza is not a park. We need active recreation space. Right, absolutely. Um, you know, Auburn Library, I have put um, put together, me and the VP, borough president, have put together, I think, close to $3 million to expand it. But what about thinking about a bigger library for the area? What about a school in Auburn, uh, in Edgemere? Um, um, and the list goes on. And infrastructure is always, right. I used to chair environmental protection for the city. There's no one who has done more work on infrastructure. I mean, this is why we secured $1.9 billion from the mayor for Southeast Queens. There was no one talking about it here. So, I mean, outside of the community. So, right. so, so we're going to use our bully pulpit in anything we do to make sure that infrastructure is put in place. And um, at that hearing, I actually read testimony that said there's no infrastructure back there. We finished part of Edgemere. That part of Edgemere floods on, on any day. So, so that's going to be important. And then it's also important to recognize that there will be an environmental impact statement, right. just as it was for downtown Far Rockaway, um, and that will show the adverse effects, whether it's on school seats, whether it's on infrastructure. Um, so, so the jury is still out on it. I'm not sold on the project yet. Okay. We have a long way to go right. um, before we can say yes. And then we're thinking broader than just that site. Auburn East has sat... Right. Dormant for how long? People have been talking about this. Crazy. So the focus of home ownership and other things are things we're looking at. So when you look at Edgemere right now, the question is where do you put the density? And if we're going to do affordable home ownership and we're thinking about that in a big way moving forward, you got to have density to support the commercial that we want. Now, they're proposing 200,000 square feet of commercial. Right. This is not, there's an opportunity. People have been talking about a movie theater all these years. People have been talking about bringing a big box here outside of, no Walmart, though, because we won't support a Walmart. <laughs> but there's an opportunity no, here, no, and I, the developers sure. are talking about these things. So right now, they're on and they're learning. 
you know, from the community and hearing from the community. I do agree that the way the city presented the first scoping meeting was, you know, I, I think more work on their part. Now, we try to do our little part and put out a flyer, but the city has to do a better job at making sure that they hit doors. And this is why we, we're proposing legislation actually to require the city to come up with a community engagement office. Cause with an office of four people, how do you reach 60,000 no, 70,000 people? And I think, we I think use social media, we use everything. But I do want to say, in all honesty, for downtown Far Rockaway, no one could say, if anyone said they didn't know this was coming, I don't know what planet you on. EDC went to people's kitchen tables. We went to people's kitchen tables. We went any and everywhere. And it was, at least at every meeting, there were at least 100 or more people. Yeah. So the outreach was done good there, and we expect that. Now, what's different about this project and the other project is, one, we, we use urban renewal on Thriftway site. Peninsula site is a private, this is an as-of-right, but they do need a zoning change. So it's a much different, two different scenarios here. However, like I said, even on that site, the conversation is fluid, and, and we'll continue to have conversations with that developer. Now, there, there may be some spaces where we think, huh, buildings may be inappropriate, where I think we could reduce the scale a little bit, right? Um, but when you look at, or, or, if people argue about height, Ocean Village is 20 or, third, 20, right. 20 or more stories. So I think people are really taking that into account. But the idea is eventually a broader conversation about all of Edgemere. So I did, we do share, as I presented in my testimony, many of the concerns that the community okay. has voiced. And, you know, we like to negotiate, right? I think we've shown we could negotiate as good as a plan. There's no rezoning that happened in New York City that got more money than Far Rockaway. So you look at East New York, you look at East Harlem, you look at Jerome Avenue, we're, the, we, we're number one. So, you know, we're not going to be shy about negotiating and making the plan um, better. Well, I think that's why it's important. And I'm just going to... Income, let me just go on incomes. Everything we do, um, we focus on low to moderate to market. And you're going to see in downtown Far Rockaway, you're going to see in Beach Green Dunes we just closed on, the AMIs we're doing are 30 to 100% AMI. That's to give everybody an opportunity. Right, because you need a balance. You need a balance. And not only that, yeah. there was no housing built over the last decade for people at 70% AMI. Zero when we came into office. Zero. Um, so there is a focus on moderate families. There was a good New York Times article around two weeks ago about people losing their homes or being pushed into the homeless system too. Middle, these right. are people, middle-income people. So we need to make sure we're doing a little bit for everyone. And, and that's our responsibility. I don't shy away from it. You could call it what you want, affordable housing, mixed-income housing, housing, whatever you want to call it. We're going to make sure that everybody has an opportunity. Integrated communities, socioeconomic integrated communities are great communities, and we want to ensure that everyone has an opportunity to live on this peninsula. Before, before we started uh, recording, you know, we talked a little bit about, uh, we had a conversation about, um, you know, making sure that uh, there was a neighborhood solution, mm -hmm. because I know a lot of people were, a lot of people are very concerned about bringing another shelter. Mm -hmm. to the peninsula, yep, yep, yep. okay? Mm -hmm. So um, one of the questions I had for you, because mm -hmm. I, here's my thing. I have a very bad history with 
with the Department of Homeless Services. Well, I know. I'm just I saying, every, from I a think, journalist. I think every council member in New York City has had that experience. But I think when you're a politician, <laughs> I, think you ex- right, right, right. I think you expect more to be lied to. Yeah, that's true. Okay? Now, <laughs> as a journalist, when I give people uh-huh. the opportunity to talk exactly. to you off the record, exactly. tell me the truth. Right, so right, 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 right. Uh-huh. how to get to the uh-huh. place where mm-hmm. we can Mm-hmm. You know, come to a, mm-hmm. some kind of compromise, some kind mm-hmm. of understanding, mm-hmm. right? So, so it's hard for me, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe I should get over myself, but it's hard for me to have been lied to so many times. Yeah. Then, when I ask the question, so I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you the question: mm-hmm. If this 900 some odd people that are going to be placed mm-hmm. on the peninsula, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the 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 reasoning we were given. Mm-hmm. And I can't say because I've asked for this. I've written mm-hmm. editorials mm-hmm. about a neighborhood solution mm-hmm. that these people, that these folks, these these families, these couples, whatever, mm-hmm. are from City mm-hmm. 14. Mm-hmm. You know, they're from Community mm-hmm. Board 14. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how do you know? It's a big question because there are privacy concerns on this. But I think one way that we can guesstimate if the city is telling the truth is we can easily look at how many people are going into the system, how many evictions are happening in Rockaway, right? And we like to talk to people, so we're not shy about that. We, we, we can go to a hotel or anywhere and ask someone, where are you from, and, and get a frank honest, uh, answer from them. So, um, so I do think we are here putting a certain amount of people in the system. And, I, and yes, I would want kids who are from far Rockaway to live in the neighborhood whether it's in the shelter, whether it's in permanent housing, I want them to have that opportunity. Now, the bigger issue here is this is why we do what we do, right? The, the housing we build that's coming up now, Beach Green Dunes on Friday, requires 10% of those units set aside for homeless families. Right. We can cry about this. We can talk about it till our heads explode. The big issue here is that there's just not enough affordable housing in New York City. I met a guy in downtown Far Rockaway. He earns 35000 a year. He lives in a homeless shelter. Can't find a place to live. Can't find a place to live. No, These I are working, you know, people have this depiction and this, this, this idea that homeless people are just these crazy people. I've even had people from Edgemere who were, like, worried about people being in a La Quinta. And I'm not happy about them being in a La Quinta, let's be clear. But even the people who are were against it 2,000% were like, they give no problem. So I think everybody deserves quality living quarters. I think for us, the big thing, and I've communicated this to the mayor, and, I, and one thing I can say is that the process is becoming a little bit more transparent. They did at least give a heads up early. Then they called the community board. So that, that in itself was a big deal because it shows they are moving towards notification in an honest way. Um, so I think one of my concerns is I want, want to see people phased out of the hotel. I don't think if we're, if we're going to um, absorb a shelter, then we need to make sure those families, primarily women and children living in the La Quinta, are phased out and that we do away with the hotel. So that's been my request to DHS right. already. We'll see what that answer looks like. I'm waiting for it. Um, and then in terms of a shelter coming, we're not talking of a new uh, new building coming up. It's an existing right. apartment building. Technically, um, we had done some work in this area. I think if it's the area that, that I'm talking about. We had done some work years ago with one of the owners on that site, and we're like, you need to get this building together. We did a lot of groundwork, so they did that. 
and they built a new building. You can't share where you think it's going to be. Um, it's going to be close to downtown, not directly in the Catherine area, but it'll be it'll be it'll be in Far Rockaway. But the point is, once again, it goes back to my big concern is always on infrastructure. And I'm not talking about gray or green infrastructure. It's on services. So people yes. end up in the shelter. How are we making sure when these kids go to school that there's counseling for them? How are we ensuring that there's food for them to eat at night? How are we ensuring that there's job services for people? And I think we've historically seen a lot of these providers who give lip service don't necessarily provide the services that they say they're going to provide. So I think that's my biggest concern with it. My concern is not women and children because that's who's going to be in the shelter primarily. My my concern is will the services be there for right. them to, 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 to uplift themselves. Absolutely. Because I don't think anyone, you talk to any of these kids um, or any of the families, they're not thrilled about being in a shelter. They want predictability. They want to live in permanent housing. Who wouldn't? And, um, and so I think the community has to be sensitive to that. And then also... This is my last point on homelessness. You know, after Hurricane Sandy, the other side of my district had to absorb a lot of Rockaway residents in hotels because they were homeless at the time. And the other side of my district didn't complain. They they came with toiletries. They came because they knew this community had an immense need. So I would just hope that the same courtesy that were given to all over 100,000 people here who were living in shelters or live with a family member is extended to families who need a leg up. And I think we have to be careful with the, um, the, the rhetoric because these are, not, these are people, these are children. They don't need to be, hear that they're dumping on someone. They're not garbage. You know? And for me, growing up with teenage parents, I take this personally because we didn't have permanent housing. We had to move place to place to place because my parents at that time could not find permanent housing until they obviously became homeowners, you know, and my parents had me as a teenager. They had me as, my mom had me at 16 or 17 years old. So I'm, I'm one, I'm the wrong one to have the conversation with because it will always be a sensitivity around ensuring that people have a place to live. And as a good Christian, and I don't know, you know, because some of the people out here talking about this stuff, I see them in church. You know, the good book tells us we need to look out for the poor. We need to look out for the needy. So if I'm yelled at and screamed out for doing it, if you don't want to vote for me, that's fine. But the point is, is that we need to make sure that these people are not living in hotels. The real solution is building permanent housing for them. And then secondly, if we can't get them in permanent housing because it's moving too slow, um, because all that was being built in New York City was luxury housing for the last decade, then you know, uh, at least a, a, a living quarters, which is not, you know, people have this depiction of shelters as these horrible brick buildings. This is, this is like living in an apartment building, nearly. That's, that's what the location is. So, okay. Well, here, let me just interrupt yeah. for a second, because we only have a couple of minutes. Um, you know, my dad grew up in the St. John's Hospital, okay? That's, that's where my Powerful. dad grew up. My Powerful. dad was, he was wow. eight years old, nine years wow. old, you know? So wow. he grew up in the system. Mm-hmm. So... You know, when I when I talk about um, when I when I when I graduated college, I mm-hmm. moved to California. Mm-hmm. I came back and I wasn't very successful. Uh-huh. I wanted to be an actor, <laughs> and I came back and I actually had to live in the projects. For years. So so I'm not I'm not and I'm not saying that because you know oh I know right, 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 right. what I always try to do is I always try to walk a mile in somebody's mm-hmm, shoes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you talked about before, you made the point about 
perception mm-hmm. of, of homeless people, mm-hmm. you know, perception of people who uh, are in the system. Mm-hmm. There are people who have that same perception mm-hmm. about people who live in NYCHA. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and these are the people who drive your bus. People who work. There are millionaires living in NYCHA, by the way. I don't know why they're living there. They're taking up apartments that can go to people who really so, need them. So my point <laughs> is, when I talk about the neighborhood yeah, solution, yeah, I've talked about this yeah, before. Yeah. There's got to be more of a pathway. Yeah. Right. Upward mobility. From, from from being on the street to being in, 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 mm-hmm. in a shelter that's not a warehouse. Yep. 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 That's not mm-hmm. that's not a you know mm-hmm. not a hotel, mm-hmm. but somewhere where 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 people can be safe. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and then maybe there's these vacant NYCHA apartments that aren't being there used. There are none. Because, the, right? the, the problem is, and, and you know, I, I speak about this because actually we're going to be attending a march on this actually, um, because the mayor is actually absorbing more people in NYCHA housing from the shelters. Right. But the problem is you still got people in a NYCHA waiting list who don't live in shelters. So there's just this, it's, it's this, it's just messed up. You know, there's just not enough affordable housing. So I think that that's, we could spend our wills, for instance, in Ocean Bay. They found empty apartments. They filled them. There were like 20 apartments there well, I just when we did RAD. There has to be more. Right, but the problem is people don't leave public housing. Right. So it's generational. So the problem is but that But maybe if not, we could create right. an opportunity in some of these affordable housing We groups. are. We right. are. So, so, for instance, we just had in Beach Green Dunes, a good right. friend of ours, a person you know, um, she literally moved out of Ocean Bay into the new development. Yeah. Great. She loves it. Great. You know, and, and that's when people say no one from Rockaway is getting in. I'm like, it's baloney. Well, that's we know right. community preference there, and it's easy because we know several people who lived in public housing or, or worked in, a, in different organizations who now are in there. So, so I, yes, you're correct. But the problem is, even with that, comes you know, the conversation of more housing, which no one, you talk anywhere in the city, everybody says the same thing, more density, more, oh, we don't want more. But the problem I'm is New York City is growing. It's dense. It's, it's a dense, good, growing. It's, you know, and the thing. People want to be in the Rockaways. It's right. hot. Okay. Yeah. Um, we got to close because I'm out of time. Yeah. But if people want to, what's the best way for people to let you know how they feel about certain things or if they have questions or if they have comments? Easy, attend our meetings. Um, we do several of them. We just did a NYCHA town hall. Um, you know, if you, if you want to gain information, our email is D is in Donovan, Richards at council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L, dot N-Y-C dot G-O-V. We send out a, a weekly e-blast on events. Um, we're very busy. We're very active. And anything that we're doing, will always have public meetings on, um, whether we stand by a project or not, because we believe in giving the community an opportunity to voice their concerns. So uh, if not, you can call 718-471-7014, and we are open book. I mean, we're not shy about what we're doing. You know, well, so, thank you, so Councilman, for coming welcome. down. Thank you. It's Appreciate always a pleasure it. to ride the waves.